you're listening to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Yazenbach, Dan DeCenza, and Cliff Gill. Welcome in, fellow Die Hard Podcast listeners. It's August 22nd. I'm here with the boys, the men of the hour, Cliff Gill, Dan DeCenza, and his brother, Charlie DeCenza. How you guys feeling today? We are we have a new guest on the podcast. We like to do this once in a while. Get 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 some other people's feet wet. Feet wet. He's uh Charlie is known for uh, wearing tank tops. We sometimes call him Tank Top Charlie. I'm glad that you uh, decided to wear sleeves today because sleeves are required on this show. Well, we've had a lot of rain here. I'm not feeling good with my tan right now, so I'll just go with the regular shirt right now. He must have not been in the gym today, or else the tank top would be on. <laughs> that is true. But guys, thanks for joining in. Uh, it's the second week of doing this. We're super pumped. Today we got the the wide receiver one through twelve. Uh, we we all pulled together our our own rankings, got our consensus together for you. But before we get into everything, uh, just go ahead and follow, uh, subscribe, hit the share, hit the review. Need like twenty more followers to give out fifty dollars for free. Venmo, Cash App, whatever you got, we got you. We're gonna pick someone random. But again, thanks for ju- thanks for joining in. You might want to give them the uh, Twitter handle at Die Hard Podcast at Die Hard Podcast. That's thanks, wh- Dan. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yep. Um, but news of the day. I mean, did y'all see anything preseason past couple weeks that's intrigued you guys at all? Yeah, I saw a lot of the uh, Jets Packers game yesterday. Zach Wilson super impressed. Looked extremely accurate. Threw a touchdown pass. He looked off the safety. You don't see rookie quarterbacks doing that at this point in the career usually. He's going to be good, guys. Nice. Uh, I'll kind of go the other way. Uh, I watched the Bucks, and, or sorry, the Cardinals and Chiefs, and they Patrick Mahomes played until the second uh, quarter. I think some of that reason was because they were not they were not in the groove. Uh, I think he threw to Miko Hardman. He had eight eight targets and two catches and that was his main wide receiver for the day so they weren't connecting uh, eight targets yeah eight targets wow. two receptions um, right. maybe seven or eight one of those but yeah so that's something to watch out they need to get in the groove yeah it was a preseason game but Mahomes didn't look quite right but I'm not nothing to worry about it's a preseason game he also doesn't have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill true that'll help oh uh, Kelsey what dude oh, Kel- Kelsey was out there oh. yeah now, Hill wasn't though you're yeah okay um but, yeah, one thing I saw, Justin Fields, first week, said the, the game was pretty slow to him. I think he got woken up a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, that hit was nasty. Yeah, and I I hated when he said that because that's the first thing that's going to be mentioned. But, yeah, he got yeah. he got his stuff rocked. Yep, the headband came flying off everything. Charlie, anything interesting to you, or did we take your stuff? Well, yeah, Daniel did mention Zach Wilson. I didn't watch too many uh, games there, but um, from the stats that I read and everything, he's looking like he's pretty sharp and he's getting a lot of uh, good reviews in camp, but I have not watched a lot of preseason games yet. All right, all right, that's all right. Guys, news of the days, we we didn't really have much. I mean, a couple groin injuries, nothing crazy, but nothing to... Sprained ankle. Sprained ankle from Clyde. Yeah. That worries Clyde. me a little. Hopefully we know sooner to you know our fantasy drafts what a, a you know an updated status on that to see if he'll be full go or not for week one. Well, what I saw on that Matt was um, 
Andy Reid said it looked like uh, medically it's on the inside of the ankle. It's not on the outside, and they don't think it's a high ankle sprain. I, I think he'll be fine. So that's good news. That is good news. All right, awesome. Ankle sprains do tend to linger sometimes. It worries me a little bit. So yeah. if I'm on it, when my draft comes, if I'm on the fence between him and someone else, I might actually lean the other way. Yeah, hopefully we know a little bit more, though, before. Um, but, guys, we're just going to get random thought of the day. Cliff, go ahead and jump us off. You said you had some heat, so. Nah, it's some short heat. But, okay. yeah, it's on my boy, Najee Harris. Uh, I watched a bunch of that ge- that game. And he, he proved all the question marks, I think. Um, we had him we had him ranked around 13 or 14 when we did our consensus. But I'm going to have to bump him up. He got in with the first team. He looked awesome. Um, I'm bumping him up to, like, the level around Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb. I, I think he's very safe um, after seeing that. I think his volume is going to be crazy. Um, Stillers hasn't haven't used a first round pick um, on a running back since Rashad Mendenhall in 2003, and before that it was 1989. So they they don't go and get their running backs in the first round unless you know they believe in him. And the reason I say that is I, I think he's going to be a work uh, workhorse for the Steelers. Um, I think he'll be in contention for some of the most touches out of any running back. And, you know, touches or volume equals opportunity, opportunity yep. equals points. And uh, just, you know, the only two guys I, I looked last year, just say he got around 20 touches per game. It's de- debatable, but not out of, like, not anything crazy. Yeah. The only two guys who beat that average last year is Derrick Henry at 23.6 touches per game and Dalvin Cook at 22.3. And look where they finished in fantasy. So if the volume's there, just say he gets around that 19 to 20 range uh, in touches, it's hard to miss. I think you can bump him up to a first-round pick and don't feel bad about it. I don't hate that. I don't hate that take. It was a good take. I actually totally agree with Cliff on that. Um, the one thing that I would like to say with that is really when you have an offense, if Rottlesberger gets back to where he can get the deep ball going again, when you have a big back like that, not only the volume, you know if they get one of the, his teammates get tackled on the two-yard line, they're, they're going to give the ball to Harris. Yeah, he's definitely the goal line back, pass catching back. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the volume guy, and... I guess we said that about Clyde, too, last year. But, yeah, I don't see anyone competing with him. So. Yeah, and I think his volume will, I think his volume will be more than Clyde's oh, this yeah. year, so uh, much less last year. But, yeah. All right, All right so I guess I'll go. Um, you know, I've, I've been thinking back about uh, some of the all-time great players. And I'm not talking about just Hall of Famers. I'm talking about the all-time greats like Peyton Manning, Ray Lewis, Emmitt Smith, Jerry Rice, you know, guys like that. And – I, I just love and I feel fortunate that I was able to watch those guys and see them. You know, one day I could tell my grandkids when I have some, you know, I got to watch those those players play. And this weekend, uh, Larry Fitzgerald pretty much said he's done with football. Uh, he, he didn't officially announce it, but it, I, I think he's done. He said he's enjoying radio. Um, I, I just put him in that category with the all-time greats. I mean, he's second all-time in receptions, sixth all-time in touchdowns. He's a first-bout Hall of Famer. And, I mean, that's all I really have. I just want to say I'm very fortunate to see him. And oh. it was really a pleasure to watch that man play. You're going to make me cry right now. <laughs> I feel like and he is, like, I don't think you could find an NFL fan to be like, I hate Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. Like, he's so, he's Class such a act. humble guy. Like, he's never showboating. He's always out there blocking for his team. Yeah, no one. No one hates him. I, I believe he's a man of the year winner. 
yeah. uh, in the NFL. Just just a class act guy. Um, yeah, if you're if you're kind of young, uh, Larry Fitzgerald might not get mentioned as much as you would hope. Uh, if you saw him play, but a really, really great player and really just a great man. And he is an all-time great play away from winning a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> oh, if not man. for that, Ben to Holmes, all-time, all-time great play. I give it, hand it to him, but I would have yeah. liked to see Larry get that ring. Me too, <laughs> me too. Me no, me no. <laughs> not, not in that Super Bowl. Not the Homer. <laughs> but, but in another Super Bowl, yes. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to go ahead and go, and I'll leave the last one to you. All right, so y'all have to kind of stick with me here, okay? So it's kind of hard to even write down myself. But I I came across a very, very interesting stat. Over the past decade, there have been 574 wide receivers drafted. These, These rookies, so they're going into their second year, their sophomore year, with an average draft position of these receivers, number one, there's only 18 of them out of the 574, going between the fourth round and the eighth round. So this is their sophomore year, average draft position between the fourth and eighth round. Every single one of them beat their fantasy points from the previous year. Okay? Every one. Every one. So cool. Maybe that's not good enough for you. <laughs> um, so the 13 of the 18 second-year receivers outproduced their average draft position. The three of them got injured, Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup, and Martavius Bryant. The two that did not hit, Corey Davis and Marquise Brown. If we don't include the injuries, that is an 86% rate that these receivers finish higher than their average draft position. So what I'm trying to get at is these second-year receivers that go in the fourth and the eighth round between there, they hit. Hmm. Receivers going in that range this year, C.D. Lamb, Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, and Jerry Judy. Go draft these guys. I like that. Good stat. Yeah, that's all. Interesting. I, all those guys, that now that you say that, I look and kind of imagine that, I can see every single one of them doing last that. Last year, D.K., A.J. Brown. We, we were looking at it last night. D.K., A.J. Brown. I forget who else it was, but there's a couple more in there. All of them hit. Yeah, I can definitely see it. You know, there's always, no matter running backs, wide receivers, we said it when we did our running back ring, there's always players that you have ranked as like maybe wide receiver twos or somewhere in there, and they, and they sneak up into wide receiver ones. And then the, this is what happens. The following year, they're, they get bumped up, DK and AJ. They're in the second round, so they, they lose their value. Not lose their value, but, you know, they're, they're all the way up there. Not a bargain anymore. Right. Yeah. So these guys are steals. Go out and get them, and don't regret it. Wow, that's going to be uh, tough to follow up. <laughs> but it does make sense, too, because, be, uh, excuse me, be, besides the quarterbacks, they say it takes the longest for the receivers to learn coverages, learn what the zones are, and, and read off, and, and also be on the same page as the uh, quarterback. So that, that makes sense. But that that is interesting because once they move up, it's hard to yeah. produce, and you want your you know first player, and that's what we'll show today with our uh, top 12. You know, you have a lot of safe floors and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give you something here on my thought of the day. Um, when you have two players that are really close in ADP and talent, um, what do you do? I, I, I find that what I like to do and the advice I would look is I, I actually kind of look at the offensive coordinator. Maybe that's something you want to do where they came from another team. Are they going to play 11 personnel? Or are they going to play 12 personnel? 
That's three wide receivers, two tight ends. And I think that's how you break a tie because I think we all get to that point in the draft. It's like, do I take this guy or this guy? And you can flip a coin or you can sit there and you can say, you know, what, what is the offensive coordinator do? Is he throw to the back a lot? So, you know, if I have an offensive coordinator that throws to the back a lot, I might pick that guy. Um, and then, you know, let's also be careful. Another thought of the day, if I could, let's also be careful when we label a player injury prone. Because I have a stat here for you. And, and actually, Robbie, a friend of mine, said this to me today about Keenan Allen. He's injury prone. Well, if you look back on Keenan Allen, 64 possible games in the last four years, he's played 62 of them. <laughs> but yet, how many times do you hear that Keenan Allen is injury prone? So, and I'm guilty of that too. Um, and, you know, that's why I say you do your own research. It's good to listen to the experts. Um, if it's a gut pick, it's a gut pick. If it's, um, you know, looking at the coordinator, you could do that. Um, Mixon. Joe Mixon gets labeled a injury prone, but he's actually played more games than Cook. So let's just be careful with that. Something to think about. And by and when he says listening to experts, he means tune into this podcast. Of course. <laughs> I like your I like the thought. One thing I would add when you know deciding between a player and Cliff Cliff, your main one was you know by week kind of in the later round. Yeah. But another thing I look at is the game script. So if they're a team that's always up and say you're between two receivers, you know, one team, if they're always down, they're going to be throwing the ball more. So just more targets, more opportunity type of thing, just to add on. Well, way to seg- segue off me because I actually had that in my notes. I just didn't say it, but that is very true. <laughs> you got lost in the sauce over yeah, there. That's right. That's, that's all right, right, man. Anything else? I mean, Dan, you got anything? You're all good? I'm good, man. Let's go. I just finished around the golf. I'm feeling good. Any shot at 85? 85. All right. You going on the Canadian tour next year? <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, so, guys, get into the top 12 receivers, I guess. Uh, so, we all, all four of us had a consensus. It was just me, Cliff, and Dan originally. So, Charlie came in and he screwed a couple things up, but he helped, <laughs> a, he helped a couple guys get up there too, which I like a lot. But all of us, every single one of us, had Devontae Adams at number one. Uh, he was a dominant player. Dominant player last year. He had 22.1 fantasy points per game, 18 touchdowns in 14 games. I mean, this guy, he's a menace to society and your defense at the five-yard line. Yeah, I look at um, from week seven on last year, he was just on a tear. He had 260 fantasy points. The, the next closest had 206. Sheesh. And the next closest after that had 160 Wow. It was a hundred point difference. Do you know who had the two hundred six? I'm just wondering. Um, I didn't write that down. I forget who it was. All right, um, we'll have to come back. Yeah, to we'll that have then. to. I'll have to look that up. But uh, one thing I really liked about him, he had 149 targets last year, 116 receptions. That's a 77 percent catch rate, and that is the highest out of anyone in our top 12 today. Wow, nice. Yeah, he had 18 touchdowns last year, most in the league. I think number two was Tyreek at 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, I mean, that could come down a little bit, but it's not like you don't got to worry um, that touchdowns are going to be a problem. Aaron Rodgers find him, finds him. He's in a perfect situation, MVP throwing to him. Yeah. He's going to soak up all the targets, doesn't have much you know, to compete with. So he's perfect situation. That's why he's at number one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, it could also go back to the thought of the day and even picking off uh, Matt 
a little bit more. Don't forget, let's not forget Devontae Adams' contract year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at possible two players, that was something else I forgot to mention. One of the safest players, his floor is just unbelievable. Uh, out of his last 41 games, 53%, so 22 times out of 41 games, he's been the wide receiver number one. Wow. Um, that's a three-year sample. Like a wide receiver one is in like a top 12, or he's been the number one receiver? He's been the number one receiver. Okay. So, wow. Um, and and he's in a contract year, like I said, and he's just, it's him and Rodgers are like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. So, so they're about I mean, to depart together? Yeah, that's right. You know, so, I mean, he's the safest. He'll, he'll, might, he'll give you that splash. You know, play every more and then. But if you're if you're just looking for a safe floor, Adams is the way to go. We all want our number one pick to hit, and that's almost a guarantee in my mind. All right. Where where would you uh, ideally take him out? Are you looking at him in the early second, late first? Right? That's late first. Yeah. I mean, okay. he's definitely like nine to twelve. If you want to, a lot of people try to go zero running back strategy. That's true. So I mean. Yeah. Uh, if you have like the top six, I wouldn't personally. But like, if you want to after that, I just I wouldn't take one in the first round. If I had maybe a Aaron Jones at nine and he fell to me on the way back, it'd be hard to pass up. Just like when we did the mock right. draft the other day. Yep. So yeah, I got him in the back of the first for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm about the same. Yeah, back back first, beginning of second, beginning second. I mean, if you're talking zero running back strategy, that's a no brainer. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people do that, but some some people go for it. I'm just not that guy. I've tried it in the past. I wasn't that successful with it. All right, so we'll go to number two, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think everyone had him at two except for Dan, and he had him at four. So, Dan, you can kick us off then, buddy. I mean, I I really don't have anything bad to say about him. I just happened to like two guys. Three guys better than him. Okay. Um, what I really love about him, he had seven boom games last year and only two bust games. A boom game being 20 points or more and a bust being 10 or less. Okay. Or less than 10. So seven and two, I mean, that that's pretty good. Get, get seven games over 20 points, and I mean, that's half your regular fantasy season. So uh, 135 targets. He had 10 or more targets in five, and I'm sorry, in seven games. And from week eight to uh, four, I'm sorry, for, uh, weeks nine through fourteen last year, he was the wide receiver one. I mean, the guy's just a monster. Um, the only thing I'll say about him for a lot, if you're talking about last year, he was kind of disappointing in the fantasy playoff weeks. Um, in weeks fifteen and sixteen, he got you fourteen and eight points. Those were two of his lowest point totals of the year. Um, you know, I mean, just happened to be the playoff yeah. weeks. You can't really look at anything like that. Um, his ADP is to me is, is 11th overall. To me, that's slightly high, like maybe a little more at like maybe 13, 14. So, but I mean, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't tell anyone they're wrong for taking them at 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just gonna say, uh, going off, who was it, Charlie or Dan? One of you guys said he wasn't as uh, consistent. Um, but yeah, most people think of him as an up and down player. He's last year he was actually one of the most consensus. I'm, I'm sorry, consist, consistent, whoa, consistent <laughs> Easy for <you> receivers to <laughs> um, last year. I, he only finished outside of the top 36 three times. Uh, since 2017, he's tied with Adams for the most multi-touchdown games. And uh, last but not least, he only has Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. 
Yeah. Wow. What a downside, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much. I I'm gonna piggyback too. Uh, he is the most volatile out of you know your first yeah. four, the first tier, the four guys. Um, mm-hmm. he is the most volatile. That being said, hey, high high risk, high not even high risk, but he is volatile. And mm-hmm. but like you said, he has Patrick throwing to him, and he'll win a week by himself. Don't don't be surprised when you see forty next to his name. So. Yeah. Yeah, and if you take a look at the stats early in his career, he was a little volatile, more of a big play guy. He has become, his route tree has come, you know, has been very developed a lot more than when he first came into the league. Uh, so that's good. But uh, this this is a crazy stat that I found. Think about this, guys. He has 28 touchdowns of 40 or more yards in the last four seasons. So, you know, you talk about maybe not being consistent, but if you want a splash play, depending on your league where you want 15 points on one play, that's the guy you want right yeah. there. I was just trying to add up those points in my head, and I was like, yeah, that's about 13 points in one play. Dang. Yeah, so if you're in a league where you get a bonus point for long touchdowns, he's definitely someone you want to look at. That could help you be a tiebreaker with another player. And then, of course, we had a couple people in here say playing with Patrick Mahomes isn't that bad. Well, one other stat to just help you with that 58 TD guys in 74 games 58 TDs in 74 games wow Tyreek Hill I don't know where that compares with Adams yes but that stat when I found that that to me that's pretty amazing the guy scores touchdowns he scores long touchdowns Mm -hmm. and he has a great quarterback thrown to him and it's surprising that he scored, you know, he's so consistent with the touchdowns because he's a small guy. You wouldn't think he's a beast red zone target, but, hey, he finds the him and Patrick well, find ways to score. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm not the best at math, but he had 15 touchdowns last year. So what is that, guys, about one a game? I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, and Andy Reid, I mean, he, he helps a lot too. He's they're just, They just have the perfect system. I mean, great offensive mind, like you were saying, if you were doing the deciding factor. But, yeah, I mean – there's not much to say about him. He's he's a monster. I guess we'll move on to number three, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Dan has him at two, Cliff at three, me and Charlie at four. Uh, the last time the last time this guy did not finish in the top five in fantasy was 2016. He only had six touchdowns last year, and I think there's a lot of room for improvement. And he he's one of the safest as they come in this range. Yeah, I I, I ranked him number two mostly based on. I think Kyle Murray's going to take a huge step forward forward this year, um, and I think uh, Hopkins is just going to go right along with him. Um, he's had eight straight seasons. Uh, I'm sorry, six straight seasons with 150 targets. I don't see that changing. Um, I, I, I think AJ Green is not a big threat um, to his targets. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't really see much else there that's going to threaten his target. Christian yeah. Kirk. They drafted. Uh, yeah, more. He's just a rookie, so I I don't know. I don't. I really don't see. I th- I think he he might be in store for more touchdowns this year because I think Murray is going to take that step forward. And yes. before yeah. uh, I, just going off what you said real quick, Dan. He's one of those receivers that he. It doesn't matter who's on the field. He demands those targets because of how good he is and how open he gets. I mean, you got to double cover the man. Yeah. Yeah, six touchdowns is surprising. I, I, that's almost impossible. I feel like that's almost impossible for Hopkins. Um, He's still finishing the top five. <laughs> that, that's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, but you touched on the targets. Him and Diggs were the only two receivers with over 160 targets. So they're that you know that's going to stay about the same. You said he hasn't had less than 150 in however long. That's crazy. 
But um, Murray and him, they're going to build a little. It was their first year together. They got to have some type, you know, they got to build some type of chemistry. So I think that will be better this year. Maybe that will help with the touchdowns, help with whatever, the drops. But the, the chemistry is coming along. So I expect him to do even better than last year for sure. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. When you have a guy that gets 160 targets, he's going to now be in the second year on a spread offense, an offense that likes to throw the ball. I do think it was a down year for Hopkins just because of how good he is. He will probably get more than six touchdowns. Um, but you know you 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 can bank on twelve hundred yards. So I mean to hit, you know I some people would even argue if you're looking for safety you could probably even put him at number two in front of Hill yeah. just just because there's not as many weapons you know on on that on the Cardinals team as per se maybe with Kelsey and you know everybody else there but probably one of the safest picks you could do there. Yeah. I will kind of say I'm kind of regretting the Tyreek Hill at two. Um, I I think I would. I might, after, you know, hearing a couple things, and why, why take the risk when you can, you know, have a guy like Hopkins? So I'm kind of second-guessing my Tyreek Hill at um, number two already. The uh, only thing I guess why some people wouldn't is because I, I think Tyreek Hill has a higher ceiling. Like, I'm not saying DeAndre can't put up 30. He can but Ty- this man had 245 yards in the first half last year. He had like, yeah. he had like 40 points at halftime. <laughs> that was so that, awesome. That's just what he can do, and I think that's why a lot of people have him ranked uh, just because of his upside. But I do think Hopkins is more of a volume safer play for sure. Yeah, I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes and a speedster like that and you put them together with Matt talking about Hill, yeah, um, more splash plays, um, consistency would go to Hopkins. It's splitting hairs with two or three with me. I still think I would take Hill, though, just just more because of the quarterback and um, you know maybe even playing in a weaker division, maybe the strength of schedule. But again, you're splitting hairs. I don't think you can really... You know, sit there and say one's that much yeah, you're, better. You're not going to go other. wrong with either yeah. one of them. You, yeah. you, you pick Hill or Hopkins at you know the first receiver. Don't hate yourself and don't regret it. The only thing that can happen is honestly injuries at that point. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move on to number four, uh, Stephon Diggs. Me and Charlie have him at number three. Cliff at four. Dan at five. Uh, he he led the league in targets, which we love. Uh, he led it in receptions. He led it in yards and Dan going back to what you said about Tyreek Hill being a chump in the fantasy playoffs scoring 14 and 8 points Stephon Diggs between that time span had 81 points 14 more than Devontae Adams yeah he's he won people championships last year he did yeah he really did um he had five he finished in top 10 wide receivers five times last year uh he was in the top five three times um he, he Going to Buffalo is was the best thing that could have ever happen to him. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's okay. He's not Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen can launch it. Diggs is, is a beneficiary of that. And his his career is, has just been completely – I mean, not, not that he had a bad career in Minnesota, but I think he's just going to take off, and I, I, I see even more upside for him this year. Yeah, I mean, for me, Diggs is just – you know, he didn't have – 
as many targets. I mean, that just goes to show you how good Diggs really is. Uh, I read somewhere one time in one article that he was voted by his peers as one of the top three route runners in the league. I think we saw that last year. Um, Josh Allen, just a strong-arm quarterback. Don't forget, when he was with Minnesota, that's a running team, and that will come up later with some of these other players, and that's what I was talking about in the beginning, you know, where philosophy, I mean, did Diggs all of a sudden just get that much better? Uh, Talent-wise, probably not. The scheme, uh, strong-armed quarterback. Um, and when I just when you're looking at 135, 140 targets and you just put that together with everything else that he can do, a team that wants to throw the ball, uh, digs you're not going to lose with at all. Yeah, I just want to mention, I, I, I should have mentioned this before, um, he had the same amount of boom-bust games as, uh, as Tyreek Hill, 7-2. and two. Okay. So, I mean, get him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I say this a lot. I know I've said it a couple of shows, but it really, because it's important, It I, I'm kind of um, wondering what Dan's number four pick is going to be since he had him at five. I don't want to uh, spoil anything, but I think he this is kind of the clear last, you know, number one or tier one guy. And so I say that a lot, but after this, I feel like a teardrop comes in. And so you definitely, if you can and are in the right spot in the draft, go snag him, feel safe. And the the only thing I want to say, Charlie, going back to you, you said something about targets, but he did lead the league in targets last year. So I do want to let you know that, just to clarify for the people. Yeah, well, I um, just brought it up now, Matt. Okay. And, and my, my point there was, if I didn't say that correctly, was in, okay. with Minnesota in 2019 being on a running team, he had 94 targets, which is still pretty good, and he had 166 with yeah. Buffalo and mm-hmm. Josh Allen. So. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. Um, but yeah, don't, don't, and I guess the only concern, you know, Josh Allen before this year, or I'm sorry, this previous year, he was not that good. He was like the worst in deep throw accuracy. Was that because he didn't have a guy like Stephon Diggs? Good point. I think that's actually a really good point. But, yeah. I mean, he, but I don't want to put on all on Diggs because Josh Allen did improve like tenfold that last oh, yeah. year. Absolutely. So, but I guess the only thing I have bad to say and it's not even about Stefan Diggs is that they were a very very pass heavy team last year so hopefully they don't try to balance it out all right moving on to number five is Calvin Ridley uh, me and Charlie have him me Charlie and Cliff have him at five Dan you are the oddball at eight so you can take the mic sir well I mean he he had great numbers last year you know he had 143 targets he had nine touchdowns he was the wide receiver one twice um, that you know the top in the in the for the week twice. I just hate his situation. I really do, and that's the only reason why I knocked him down a little bit. I don't believe in Matt Ryan anymore. Um, he's he's just way over the hill. I just I, I don't I think he's declining. I I don't see anyone else there that is a threat to take away coverage on him. Maybe Kyle Pitts. I don't know. Maybe. I mean he's. He's got a twenty-one ADP, twenty-one overall. Way too high for me, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm staying away at that ADP. All right, I am kind of with you with the ADP spot. Yep, I, I agree. It's a little too high for me. Um, I had a trouble rate ranking him at five actually, but t- uh, also piggybacking on the situation. Yes, I agree that you know Matt Ryan's coming down. Not too many uh, blah, blah, blah to open up the field. But then again, they will be down in games. Um, yes, they got to play Tampa Bay twice, but they will be down in games. So that's kind of a good situation uh, on his part. But 
And hopefully Kyle Pitts opens up a little bit in the middle or something. But yeah, we're we're gonna have to see what the Julio effect does to Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and I do I do agree he's gonna be in some really good game scripts. Um, so I mean that's why I have him, you know, where I had him. Right. I mean I could have really there was guys I kind of wanted to put over him, but they're they're the game scripts are gonna be there. Yeah, I mean you can't argue with ten targets or twelve targets, whatever it will be. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with both of you guys here because there was um, about seven games where he played last year without Julio. He averaged seven, or excuse me, 11 targets a game, seven receptions. He averaged 107 yards a game and a half a touchdown a game. So to me, Kyle Pitts might even add to that. Um, let's not also forget, guys, and he admitted this, and he and he says he's 100%. He played with a lingering foot issue last year and still did this. I'm not as high on Matt Ryan, but I am definitely higher than Daniel is. I still think he can get him the ball, and I really like Calvin Ridley this year. And even if the running game gets a little bit better, I think that will help Dan um, make his thought be a little bit more valuable but I don't agree with you two I think Calvin Ridley actually could finish in the top three if he even has the year that he's possibly could have Charlie this is the one time I will ever ever be on your side because I am also against Dan and Cliff here I agree and Cliff was right about the game script they're going to be down a lot they're one of the worst teams worst projected teams Uh, I think they might be last in the division by you know from Vegas odds but yeah he I mean last year he was considered the breakout player of the year. He he was like, everyone needs to get him late, kind of like the C.D. Lamb of this year. And he overproduced. He finished at wide receiver four with 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. And Charlie kind of stole the thunder, which is perfectly fine because I didn't have the numbers exactly. But the games playing with without Julio, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you had those stats because, Dan, you were the one saying, what will we do without Julio? That's what he'll do without Julio. And that comes back to what Matt said earlier also. I also have it in my notes, too. Game script will work very well in his favor. I don't think they improved that defense a lot. At or the all. run game. And when you're going, yeah. you know, in that division, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can't get off the field, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be chasing points. So pick who you want. Dan, Cliff, me, Charlie. But you know who to pick. But we'll move on to number six, DK Metcalf, the muscle man. Dan, the highest at three, number three. Me and me and uh, Cliff got him at six, and Charlie, the lowest, at eight. Uh, he, he took a major, major step forward last year, and I he has he has more he has potential to be way more. Um, I, I don't believe that was his full upside. He had the third most route run, routes ran, the second most air yards but finished 17th in receptions. Uh, so, honestly, I don't see him as more of a volume player, but more of a boomer bust player in my eyes. Oh, I, I, uh, I'm going to just disagree with you. I'm, I'm just not. I, third year receivers historically, sometimes it takes them three years. I didn't, I think, I didn't disrespect them. I, 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 I didn't say you did, but I, I, I think I'm looking at I, You actually said it. The upside, he hasn't even hit his full upside yet. 100% agree with that. For the first 11 weeks uh, last year, he was the wide receiver three. 
you know, and then the whole team kind of fell off after that. Russell fell off after that. So he did disappoint down the stretch. He still ended up with 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. I'm predicting 1,614 touchdowns this year. Okay. ADP at 20, I'm more than good with that. Love the guy. I think he, next year, we might be talking him as the number one ride receiver taken in the draft. Okay. I, I do have on my little notes, he could be the number one wide receiver, but I, I'm going to, I guess, be negative, Nancy, but I, I wish his volume was a little better. Um, Seahawks run a lot, and he does compete with the targets with Lockett, but I do think he'll get his. That, that's surprising that he had one of the most route run or what how routes it, ran. yeah yeah routes ran seventeenth in targets yeah that that's just that's so well, there's something to be said about that we'll see how that I don't think that is maybe, plays out the same this year maybe maybe it middles out somewhere yeah yeah gets more targets maybe Matt should be my brother because I agree with him more again than I do with Daniel here. <laughs> that's surprising be, be, I'll be your nephew you're too old and I'm sorry guys I call him Daniel he likes to be called Dan I'll do my best with that he's it's the little brother he's Daniel Dan is shaking his head yeah, in here. he doesn't like it I'll work on that I'm sorry but um, I agree with Matt there because if I look at a couple games, he had a game in Week 8 where he had 161 yards. Week 9, he had 108. Week 12, he had 177. Uh, week wow. 3 and 4, he had a little bit over 100 yards. So Matt, to me, is correct. He's boomer bust. Now, it is where he finishes at the end, but he could have a week there. Just no. I'm not saying that, you know, don't pick him. And, of course, the ADP and value, we all know how that works. Um, one of the – I don't have him as high as everybody else here. I'm about two or three spots behind the average of all you guys, and that's my main reason why. Plus, Russell Wilson also, as good as he is, he seems to disappear. Pete Carroll seems like he wants to run the ball all the time. I'm a little bit worried that that's going off Cliff's point there. Um, you know, uh, feed Russell or let Russell, what was that? Let, let Russ let cook. Cook, you know, that when that was happening, that was great. Um, I just think he's a boomer bust. Um, overall, he's going to still give you good numbers. Could he improve on that? Yes. Can I ask you guys a question? So DK and Tyler Lockett, they were both superb when they were both balling out. And they both fell off, not just Tyler Lockett, DK did too. And I'm not saying Tyler Lockett should be going in the second round like DK. But he's, I think the fifth round is, if you get him in the fifth round, I think it's a steal because of what he did at the beginning of the season with DK. I mean, they were both awesome the first, you know, 10, 11 weeks, and then they both fell off. People are forgetting about Tyler Lock or forget about DK doing it, but they remember Tyler Lockett doing it. Uh, I just want to maybe it's you know self con or you know in the back of my head. I don't know why, but when I when I go to draft, it seems like those teams with two stud wideouts, whether it's Ridley Julio or you know DK Lockett, whatever it is, um, I, I tend I never know who to pick or what's the best value. So. I feel like I tend to steer away from those, you know, those guys that is kind of a toss up who and I may I mean, of course, they both they both turned out fine, same with Ridley, blah blah blah, but I don't know, I tend to stay away from those guys when I don't know who the guy is. I mean I, I tend to agree with you, Matt, on that where they're they're the value on Lockett if you wait a little bit and get Lockett. I'm basing it on I think DK ascends to absolute superstardom this year. He's going nuclear, and, and I yeah, I'm I want to be a part of it. I, and you know what? I'm I'm taking him. He's at my my high upside guy, and giving me all day. That's your my guy. 
Hey, that's my guy. Just yeah. like Gibson is my guy. All right. If the coaching staff is committed to him, it is very possible that he out exceeds mm-hmm. his ADP. Even I, I believe Metcalf could also just – it really just depends on the coaching staff and game flow. Yeah, after the four – well, as far as me, Cliff, and Charlie go and most of the fantasy community, so Devontae, Hill, Hopkins, and Diggs – I think after, you know, I think DK is one of the most explosive players that could easily finish up there with them out of this next tier down. Him and Ridley, in my opinion. Agreed. But we'll move on to number seven, Justin Jefferson. Uh, we're kind of all over the place here. Dan has him the highest at six. I'm at seven, and Charlie and Cliff are at number nine. I guess I'll go first and explain the number nine. Again, you know, we're splitting hairs here. All these guys obviously are very good players depending on where you fall and how you feel. The only the only thing I worry about um, with Jefferson is he was very, very efficient. I believe he, he averaged about 15 yards a catch, which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, he, he had some touchdowns. But I will say this, he is on a running team, and I just feel I dropped him down personally only because I think the expectations are too high on a running team. Defense might be a little bit better this year. Game flow might uh, work against him. He is a great player, though. I don't think you can go wrong there. Uh, He's still got a lot of targets. If the targets can stay up to where he has in the efficiency, uh, he should be better. Uh, but let's not forget, Minnesota was 27th in pass attempts as a team. So when we're talking efficiency, Jefferson, if you want to take him somewhere in the middle or the late round, it, it, it could backfire on you as far as expecting. Did he have 15 touchdowns last year? Not 15. I know it, Thielen it, also it was very, very, very efficient, efficient too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at him like uh, – he caught 70% of his targets last year. You know, that's that's what Adam, Adams was the highest in, uh, of, our, of the people in our top 12, and Jefferson was second highest. So that goes to the efficiency. He, when the ball's thrown to him, he's catching it. You know, he had 125 targets last year. That's probably going to need to go up. I don't know if it will because Minnesota is a pretty run-heavy team. But his talent is just sky high. I, I, I think he will also ascend, maybe not so much this year, but in the upcoming years, he's going to ascend and be one of the superstar wide receivers of the league. Right now, he's got a late second-round ADP. I'm good with that. I'm picking first in, in one of my leagues, so I'm going to have to also pick 24. He falls to me there. I'm all over it. Yeah, I don't hate it. And, yeah, he, I mean, he had the best rookie receiver season ever at 1,400 yards. And what, Cliff, you said earlier, Adam Thielen was very, very uh, efficient as far as catching touchdowns. I, I can see – a couple of those touchdowns moving from Thielen to Jefferson. Um, so I, that's why I have him here. Uh, but, Charlie, going back to you guys, uh, what you said, I see some regression because of the game script. They spent $41 million guaranteed on their defense, and their their identity is that they want to run the ball more. So I, I think this could lead them into you know, not being up in games and running the ball out. Or, I'm sorry, them being up in games and running the ball out. Yeah, and it goes back to my point, too. Remember when Diggs was 
uh, there in 2019, he only had 94 targets. Now, I know Jefferson had a little bit more than that last year, but again, that's the only negative that I have on Jefferson. I could see a little bit of a regression. He does catch the ball when it's thrown to him. Great hands. Daniel had a good point with that, Uh, but... You know, as far as, as as we go to philosophy of the team and all that, I, I just, like I said, I would put my expectations down a little bit, and if it happens, great. Do I think it's a bad pick at 24, like Dan said? No. Yep, y'all nailed, nailed it on the head. I don't got much to say. I think he takes a step forward, the, uh, Thielen takes a step backwards, and I'll touch more on that when we do the Thielen rankings, you know, when that comes up. But I, I see him taking a major step back this year and Jefferson filling in, you know, just fine. Yeah. I just think Jefferson was that good. Like like Matt said, having the rookie season that he did, I just the expectations again just need to be tampered is the way I look at it. And I, yeah, I see I see the end of Adam Thielen coming, and I I think Justin Jefferson takes it. But yeah, I mean I can see him definitely finishing around where he did last year, and if he if he does, I mean you're, yeah you're happy with where you're drafting him. Does anyone know what Justin Jefferson? Um, I think he, he snuck into a top fifteen or something. It was somewhere around there. Dan, go ahead and look that up while we move on um, where he finished at. But we'll go ahead uh, number eight to Keenan Allen. Uh, I have him at eight. Charlie at six. Cliff at eight, and Dan is the lowest at eleven. Um, he's been a top fourteen receiver four straight seasons in a row the addition of justin herbert having a favorite target i i would have if i had to bet i'd have my money on keenan allen in the top 14 again um i don't believe that you know like these recent guys had jefferson dk i, I don't think he has the upside but i think he's one of the more safe um picks at this spot around this area yeah, I'd like to see him get a little bit more touchdowns, but I have him high this year, and I expect a good year. I have him probably a lot higher than a, a lot of people. New coaching staff already talking about getting him the ball more than just eight, nine-yard slants and outs. Um, like I said, if he can get more touchdowns, I'd be happy. He's another one that's going to be just consistent. If you can get him somewhere in the middle of your draft, number one option on a team with a growing quarterback, with a new philosophy, uh, the guy catches everything that's thrown him. I've already put the uh, injury bug uh, theory to rest. Uh, so to me, I have him up there because I'm doing what Dan is doing with Metcalf. I'm expecting a big year, and we'll look back on this and see if I'm right. But I, I do love Keenan Allen this year. All right, um, I, I, I like him. I had him at 11. Um, I do like him. I just like other players better. And one of the reasons why is 100 receptions last year. If you're in a PPR league, that's great. But he only had 992 yards. So, I mean, I, for where he's going, I'd like to see a little bit more production. Um, he had four games last year under 10 points. Uh, so that, that's four bus games right there. Um, I, he did have eight TDs, but I, 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 and I would expect that again. Um, like I said, I do like him. I think his ADP is probably, I guess it's okay. It's 28. I get, you know, that's the third round. Um, yeah, uh. I wouldn't take him any higher than that, though, for sure. And, and since you didn't do your job, Justin Jefferson did finish at the number seven spot last year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, I knew he was in the top ten. 
Uh, I just didn't remember exactly where. Thanks for looking it up and doing. I did. I just didn't get a chance to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, for Keenan Allen, I love the guy. I've had him on my dynasty for three years, but I finally lost him. R.I.P. But uh, I now talking about the eight touchdowns. They did lose Derek. Not Derek Henry, but Hunter Henry. So maybe that'll open up a couple more red zone targets. And then yeah, it's the same thing with Kyler Murray and Hopkins. They they gotta have time to build a little more chemistry. He's already by far his favorite target, and then some. But yeah. the more the more time they work together, I think there's it's only gonna climb. Well, in the new coaching staff, just a little tidbit for you guys too. Michael Williams supposed to be taking over the Michael Thomas role in that offense. So um, when we have that, and then you have that with Keenan Allen. Um, I, I think that everything is going to open up more for Keenan Allen and this uh, offense. Yeah, Charlie, I agree with you there. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to number nine. A.J. Brown, Dan and Cliff have him the highest at seven. I'm at nine. And Charlie is at number 12. Hey, I'm, I'm looking at his ADP and love it, 24. Um, right, you know, he falls down there again. You know, him, Jefferson, Metcalf, I've seen them all fall down there in the mocks. Love them all there. Um, He did only have 106 targets last year, um, and that's really the reason why I don't have him even higher. I think his talent is just super high. Um, Julio there this year, is that going to take targets away? Uh, Probably, you know. They're already a run-heavy team. I just don't know if the volume's going to be there. Um, 11 touchdowns, can he do that again? Again, Julio there. We know Henry's going to get a ton of touchdowns. Um, I love A.J. Brown as a player. I really do. Um, but you have to wonder about the volume. Um, yeah, I mean, he finished as a wide receiver 11. Uh, he only played 14 games, only saw 106 targets. So, yeah, I mean, if Julio wasn't there, I I, I mean, I, just because he is there, I think his upside is held. Um, I mean, but Corey Davis and, and Johnny Smith's leaving and, um, that that helps for vacated targets. That could still help AJ Brown. Yeah, he did have uh, five games over twenty points last year, so he he does have a lot of boom in him. Yeah, I mean, I have him the lowest at twelve guys for some of the things that Dan said. If he only had a hundred and six targets, I like last how you year, said Dan. Well, I'm 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 trying. You're the little brother Daniel to me, so. But uh, no, I I mean I look at it like this, guys. You had 106 targets last year. That doesn't mean that it can't go up. But then you have Julio Jones coming in. How many are going to go to him? Okay, so you're already on a team that likes to run the ball. They they like to to play a positive game script. They don't throw it much when they're winning. Um, even in neutral scripts, they don't throw it a lot. And then my concern um, with Brown, too, is he had also had an efficiency of 15 yards a catch. So, again, when you talk about Dan saying in that 24, 25, 26, I'd rather take the Metcalf there. I'd rather take the Keenan Allen there. I'd rather take the Jefferson there just because of can he keep up that efficiency can he get that same amount of touchdowns? Again, a great player, great player. I think this is where the philosophy and I think this is where the team concept comes in. And um, I would look at other players here. If he fell in the right spot, it's a great pick. Yeah, I got to admit, though, it does actually does sound a little weird when you call me Dan. <laughs> yeah, it is throwing me off a little now, Charlie. But I, I, I'm 
I'm gonna flip the script. I I don't think Julio's horrible for AJ Brown. I mean, let it open up the field full, a little. Full coverage. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you can't triple team him anymore. I think he was getting triple teamed literally at one point because they had no one else to throw to. And I mean, Corey Davis, but it's not Julio. So I think I don't I don't mind the Julio. Uh, but you nailed it on the hammer with the uh with the the volume part. That that's always scary, but yeah, I don't mind Julio as much. I, I'm not that's not scaring me as much. Hey, volume's king, right? And when we when when Cliff was talking about Harris, it's the same thing to me for a wide receiver. I love Brown's talent. I just feel that I have him right at the top twelve. Again, I know I said it before, but only because of the philosophy and Julio Jones will open up space for him. But how many of those only 106 targets that he got for a guy that finished where? Where did he finish, do we know? Was he number 11? Mm -hmm. That's going to be hard to repeat for me. Yeah, and this is why why I have him, you know, where he is. If Julio wasn't here, I I mean, we would be talking, I think we'd be talking about A.J. Brown at the the third, fourth, fifth spot. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he, as far as Charlie was saying, he's more as an efficient player. Like, he's not a... 13 target, 8 catches, 100, you know, whatever yards. He's more of a, I'll take the slant 60 yards yeah, to he, the touchdown. He's, to a, the he's, a, he's a home run threat. You're, you're not yeah. going to do anything yeah. about it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's more of that player, which is fine. But, yeah, I mean, if Julio wasn't there, I just see him being four or five spots higher. Than oh, I, I can't believe that. I really, I mean, they they can't just throw to AJ. I mean, they they were throwing targets at Janu and Corey Davis and whatever. Guys, I, I don't think it's bumping him up, you know, four four spots. I'm I'm kind of with Cliff. I I, I don't think it's gonna. Then let's face it, Julio is coming. On, he's on the downside of his career. I still I still think he's gonna be really good, but he's not the Julio Jones of five years ago. Uh, no, I and I agree. I do agree with that. But the you know, the only thing I'm saying is, if maybe we see 106 targets again, and that's fine. He's an efficient player. But if Julio Jones wasn't there. Maybe we see 145 targets. We see Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs targets, and that's that's why I'm saying he would be up to where he would be. Because name another receiver on that team other than those two. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Matt there. And like I said, if he only had 106 targets, how many targets do you think are, you know, Julio Jones is going to open it up in a football sense for everybody but how many i mean if, if julio jones is he going to get 80 targets you yeah. know and he mm-hmm. and it, i just don't see the volume but, there but maybe Corey davis you know he probably had a lot of targets as well so i see what you guys are saying all i'm saying is if they didn't bring a guy like julio in then he would have more and he would be a top four guy and let's face That's it. it and let's yeah. face it one last thing and i think this cliff uh, I'm sorry, Matt kind of just touched on it. They're bringing Julio Jones in for a reason. Yeah. And the, the reason is is to, to do what Cliff said, was to take some pressure off of Brown, maybe even take a little bit of pressure off Tannehill, having somebody to go in a football sense. It's going to open up a lot of things. And, you know, maybe I can see Brown. It's going to be hard to duplicate, but I can see him maybe catching more touchdowns, but I don't see the yardage in the targets that I saw with Julio there. They bought him in for a reason. I still think he can play, and I still think he's going to play at a high level, Julio Jones. Yeah, and just to finish, sorry, just to finish okay. up, but uh, and what, what about, you know, in the game scheme, what if kind of Julio takes some of 
A.J. Brown's, you know, big, long shots down the field. Maybe they uh, let Julio run a couple of those routes. That's something to think about. I, I think Julio may may steal some touchdowns. I think t- he's, he's going to be a red zone target, um, and Brown will too. They both will. So, you know, I mean, but Gianno Smith, he was kind of a red zone target last year, so, you know, maybe – I, I could see him getting at least eight touchdowns, maybe bump it up to ten this year. Well, at least in a football sense, they'll be a little bit um, like they'll be more exciting with Julio Jones. Oh, I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they have a, a special thing brewing at Tennessee, but we got to move on. We'll go to number ten, C.D. Lamb. Uh, we are all over the place again. Dan at nine. Uh, I'm at thirteen. Charlie at ten. Cliff is at eleven. So. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna reiterate what I said about him before. Maybe the last episode, episode before that, but he was on track for 93 catches, 1385, and six touchdowns when Dak was healthy. He was one of. He's one of seven rookie receivers with 70 catches and 900 yards in the last decade. This this guy is last year's Calvin Ridley. Go and get him. But you don't have him in your top 12. Because I don't know what's going to happen, but go get him. That's all. I'm, just because I, I see, I guess I see safer picks in my top twelve that okay, fair that, ha, that have done it before. Fair enough. I want to see him. I want to see him do it before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's why you got to predict the 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 breakout players, and I, that's one of my guys that I think can finish in the top six. I had my random thought of the day. I'm high on Lamb. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm here with Matt to even just the point where. I am with Keenan Allen here. I'm, I'm using projections in my mind, and I'm having projections of Lamb having a good, good year. Um, I have him in the top ten. I even thought about putting him higher. They're talking about moving him around. He's not going to play in the slot, and, and, and some people feel that that's a negative thing. Uh, not necessarily. They're, I think they're going to be looking for matchups with him, Cooper, um, and Gallup, and I just feel that the kid has a lot of talent. I expect a lot more touchdowns from him on a high-powered offense, an offense that's getting their offensive line back. So now you have Prescott, who's going to have even more time to get the ball to Lamb, let him finish out his routes. I just think out of any of the rookies, I even think he might even outpace Jefferson this year. I really like Lamb this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I see this as one of the guys just at his ADP. I I don't see him landing on my team. Just, and once again, it's Cooper there, uh, Gallup. I you know, so he has competition. And for whatever reason, I stay away from that just because I don't know who's the best. And I I definitely want you know the best guy on that team. And I would hate myself if Cooper ends up having a hell of a year in CD. You know, you know. I think they're I think they're back to back. I mean, I I don't. Personally, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Yeah, he he's got an early fourth round ADP, and honestly, that could end up being a, a steal of the draft. Go back to my random thought I, and yeah, take him. I yeah, exactly, and and that that's a good point. You know, he's he's in the fourth round. He's in his second year. Um, I, I love everything about him. His upside, huge. Uh, he was a the top. He was a top twelve wide receiver last year when Dak was playing. You kind of touched on that already, Matt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have that much more to say. Um, his produ- his production did fall off, so he is dependent on Dak, I believe. If Dak gets hurt again, you're going to be in for a long year as a, as a Lamb owner. Um, but uh, you can't you can't pick scared thinking, oh, what if the quarterback gets hurt? Yeah. You know, you just got to go and do it, man. Let it rip, and you could get really rewarded with taking him at his ADP. 
The only the only negative I would have on Lamb if I do have one and it hasn't happened yet, I, what I would be worried about would be the amount of touchdowns that he gets. I don't really think yards, especially if he comes out of the slot, are going to be a problem with his speed. The guy can stop and start on a dime. Maybe one of the only ones better than him could be Crowder. But, I mean, stopping on a dime, making runs, you know, after the catch. The only thing I would worry about with all the weapons that they have would be his touchdown total. But that's where if he gets that touchdown total, you could be looking at a top seven receiver. Can you guys just keep talking good about my CD Lamb in the Dynasty League, please, for the next four years? Matt, you sure we don't have the same DNA? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know I'd be a lot better looking if I had your DNA. But. <laughs> I want to look like the Descensus, but we'll go ahead and move on to number eleven, Scary Terry McLaurin. Charlie is the highest at number seven. I'm at twelve. Dan is at fourteen, and Cliff is at fifteen. Charlie, take the microphone. You better explain yourself, kid. Wow, Cliff at 15, he's looking at me like I have five heads. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you why, guys, because this is one I'm, I'm projecting Keenan Allen, I'm projecting Lamb, and I'm, I'm projecting McLaurin. And what I mean by that is I'm predicting that they're going to do a lot better than what obviously everybody else thinks. I'm willing to gamble on them. It's all good news for me. Ryan Fitzpatrick, fantasy standpoint, yeah. Not really a great, great quarterback, but what I will say is if he can do, McLaurin do what he did with Haskins and Alex Smith, there, there's a lot, a lot of opportunities here with the better uh, quarterback play. Um, very talented route runner. Um, just I expect a lot from him this year with a very good offensive line, and Fitzpatrick's not afraid to put it into windows. And the one last point that I think will really set me up to, to make me look good here is let's see what Fitzpatrick – just look back to last year to see what Fitzpatrick did for Parker, Devontae Parker. And actually, I, I'll go ahead and go because I have some stats on that. Uh, Fitzpatrick's always going to find a way to support his number one receiver. 2019, Devontae Parker. Uh, so this was two years ago, right? Two years ago because Tua and him kind of switched right, out, okay? Right. So 2019, Devontae Parker, 73 for 1202 and 9. 2018, Mike Evans, 86, 15, 24, and 8. 2017, Mike Evans, 71 over a thousand and five touchdowns. So he he always finds a way to support the number one receiver. So Charlie, I love your take, and I'll, I'll go ahead and spew mine. And you guys are probably going to come with the negatives, so I'll get the positives out of the way, and then we can battle it out. We Terry was a beast at the beginning of the year, and then the second half we hated him. Through week 9, he was the wide receiver 11, but through weeks 10 through 17, he was the wide receiver 44. That's a big fall off. So, what went wrong? He had a battle he had a high ankle injury with a combination of Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen. He saw the ninth most targets. If I see if he gets the same volume, I I think he has a top 5 upside with Fitz Magic. So yeah. go ahead. I want to hear the downside. I mean, I, I I do like him, and I think he definitely has some upside. I just like uh, guys, uh, players ahead of him. You know, he's got the same ADP pretty much as Lamb. I'm going to take Lamb over him. I, 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 I he's in a better situation. Um, yeah, Fitzmagic. He he likes to uh, to chug the ball down the field. He's a gunslinger, mm-hmm. but 
at the end of the day, you know, he's still going to throw three picks. You know, when you when you throw when you throw interceptions, you're taking the offense off the field. You're taking volume away from those wide receivers. Like I said, I do like him. Um, just not not where he's being drafted. I would definitely take him if he fell unexpectedly to me. But I'm going to look elsewhere at, at where at his current ADP. I I think I have this right. Um, but it says four receiving touchdowns last year i feel like he had two or three in one game but maybe he only ended up with uh four receiving touchdowns i do see that going up it can't go lower so that that's a positive but um as far as curtis samuel he's had some hype around him i i'd like to see that i kind of look at mclaurin as a michael thomas in a way is how he runs routes and like great hands so i don't know if fit i mean yes fitz magic can throw a slant but uh, he also can throw it deep, and I, I don't really see Terry as you know the deep guy versus he's more of the slant guy. So it's something to watch out. And yeah, I I do like him. He's at my fifteen, so I'm I'm more than happy as a wide receiver too. I'm just not feeling great as a wide receiver one. Well, and 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 Cliff touched on something there that I think is going to help with my point. I love Curtis Samuel there in the slot. That again, name me the number two receiver last year on the Redskins guys. Who was it? Uh, exactly. Yeah. That, can, that, 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 that can only, yeah, you might, you might be right. So that right there can only help McLaurin right there. Having Kurt, That's where you talk about the Julio Jones effect. Curtis Samuel, to me, is a very underrated player. Um, I expect a big year from him, especially if you can get him as maybe your fourth receiver, third receiver. But I, I think that's going to even help McLaurin more. So do you, do you think... So let's say Curtis Samuel was not there. So just like we were talking about with Julio and AJ, if Julio wasn't there, do you even see a higher upside without you know a good number two? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think Curtis Samuel's a great addition. I think he's a good number two. But do you think it hurts his targets like AJ Brown? I don't. I don't think it hurts his targets. I. I think if anything, it's gonna. He's gonna play outside wide. Uh, like Cliff said last year, he did not run a lot of deep patterns. You did not see that, but. I don't think the quarterbacks could get him the ball. Mm-hmm. I think this coaching staff is good. I think they're smart. I think you have a strong-arm quarterback now. Samuel will take some of the coverage away on the slots. I think you'll see deeper routes. I think you'll see deeper posts, deeper flag routes, and I think you will see more touchdowns. Yeah. All right. So pick your poison on which, I mean, no one gave him really any hate. They're just... We like some other receivers better than him, but I, I think he has a, a high upside. I think he's a pretty safe dude. So um, we'll go ahead and move on to our last uh, pick of the round. Uh, I'm sorry, the consensus, number 12. It's Mike Evans. Uh, Dan has him at 10. I'm at 11. Cliff and Charlie are at 14. Uh, I, I mean, he has seven sh- seven years straight of over 1,000 yards. Flirts with 10 touchdowns every single year. Uh, he has an elite QB that is, is he's not done yet. The wheels have not fallen off, of course. And he's been a top 12 receiver five out of the seven years. Um, and one more thing I, I just want to throw out from week 10 on. So that's when Mike, Ev- Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown were all healthy. Look at the game stats, the box score. Mike Evans were, was clearly the number one on that team. Yeah, Matt took a lot of the thunder away. I was gonna say that was gonna. <laughs> I was definitely gonna talk about the seven uh, straight seasons of a thousand yards. He's just super consistent. He's always finishing around you know this area, maybe twelve, thirteen, eleven, 
you know, I really like that consistency. Super good floor. You can you can count on him week in, week out. He's gonna have those big games a couple times a year. Uh, he's got he's also got that early fourth round ADP. I don't hate it there. I think that's where he should be going. And yeah, I'm I'm good with him. I'm good taking him there. Did you see? I was looking at the box score when I was looking at those stats. I saw one game and I remember it, but I forgot when when I saw it. He had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That's a crazy I, I stat. I might line. have just been playing. I think, for some reason, I feel like I, I was playing. Him. You either had him on something. Or, oh, I did have yeah. him. I do remember that, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Yeah, I have Evans in my dynasty team, and I w- kind of wish I liked him more than I do. Um, last year, he had 109 targets. Uh, just a lot of weapons on that team. I expect more from Brown. He is efficient. Um, he's steady. To me, it's really where you can get him. I'd rather take a player with more upside there because you could start to see a fall off in my eyes. Um, I and just for the fact of the weapons that are there, um, you know, two good tight ends. Uh, Brady likes to dump the ball off. He does catch touchdowns. To me, I'm just more so looking for a fall off. Not saying it's going to happen. There's other people in that area that I would like to take. I, I do agree that his upside is limited because there's just so many mouths to feed there. So that that's one thing you got to look at. So I'm definitely in agreement with that. Yeah, and Tom Brady's good with things like that. He he he's been doing it long enough where he's gonna make everyone happy. He's going to make a point to spread it. He's not just gonna let Evans be the only one, you know, having a good season. He he's not gonna do that. And yeah, but I, I agree. You you all said it. I think his ceilings, you know, not. Kind of limited, but he he does he scores so many touchdowns. I think those stay the same. I see him getting probably around a hundred receiving yards again. I I, I think he's, like he said stays pretty consistent. This is a pretty true number twelve to you know fifteen wide receiver. You yeah, know? every year. Yeah. Well, when he had uh, Jameis Winston in, in in the past years, and we look back in two thousand and sixteen, he had one hundred and seventy three targets. Two thousand and seventeen, he had one hundred and thirty six. 2018, he had 140. 2019, he had 118. And then last year, he had 109. Uh, they were probably, you know, Jameis, Jame, this is what Jameis did. He threw, <laughs> he threw interceptions so they could get the ball back and he can get more yards and score because he was like, I want to throw the ball. I don't want to hand exactly it off. That's exactly my point, though. Exactly yeah. my point. And Brett Brady... To Cliff's point, I do agree to, with Cliff to a certain extent that Brady likes to keep everybody happy, and he's good enough to do that, and I'm sure that's what the philosophy is. But I see Brady dumping the ball off a lot. Um, we saw that with James White, and I just feel that Brady's smart enough to know and gets rid of the ball so quick. You're seeing a lot of touchdowns from Evans on jump balls, uh, throws to the corner of the end zone, which don't get me wrong, Evans is great at that stuff you cannot predict. Yeah. All right. Anything else? So just to kind of go over our uh, top 12, Devontae Adams at number one, Tyreek at two, Hopkins at three, Diggs at four, Ridley at five, DK at six, Jefferson at seven, Allen, Keenan Allen at eight, A.J. Brown at nine, C.D. Lamb at 10, Scary Terry at 11, Mike Evans at 12. A bunch of the young, young bucks are in there right now. I like it. I yeah, think, I like seeing it. I think that means we're pretty good then, because you know they always tend. They it's gonna be their year sometime. So if we were if we had a bunch of old heads, I, I wouldn't like the <laughs> rankings too much. Yep. Well, guys, I got a couple questions for you, and then we can close out. 
Um, Cliff, I'm going to start you off. Who do you think is most likely to bust out of the top 12? Wow. Um, that That's a hard well, – when, bust is a strong word with these 12 Maybe, guys. Okay, we'll, we'll not say bust, but who yeah. do you expect to not finish in the top 12? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would – I would probably, like I said, uh, Evans is, yes, he's safe, but man, it, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up, you know, 16 or 12, but for, for this, uh, yeah, I'm going to just go Evans. Not that I don't think, you know, he blah, 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 but we said it, his upside's limited. A couple things goes wrong for him and he could easily find, you know, he could even find himself closer to the 24 range if he doesn't watch yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely agree that Evans is is one of, definitely one of the candidates here. I can see him finishing anywhere from like eleven to like sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna pick McLaurin though. Um, I just don't. I'm, I I need to see more from him. Um, I'm not a huge believer in 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 Fitzmagic. Um, we'll see though, and you know, I'm also not a huge believer in the Redskins to be honest. So yeah, if I had to pick the football one, team. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, don't the football dis- team. Don't discriminate, please. Yeah, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, so if, if I had to pick one, but I also could see him outperforming as well. Mm-hmm. But I do think out of this group, I, I think he's one most likely like to volatile. fall. Like volatile? Yeah, he, he's definitely the most volatile, and he can definitely fall out of the top 12. Yeah, for me, it's Evans. I don't even have him in the top 12, so that that answers the question right there for me. I did not have him in there for all the reasons that I said. I'd rather take a player with more upside. Well, the the only player in our top 12 that I I didn't have is CeeDee Lamb, and I will definitely not be picking him. Uh, I'm going to say Mike Evans, and I found a, a pretty cool pretty cool stat on some things. So this was this was research done since 2018 that when three receivers are drafted from the same team in fantasy, so top 50 um, in receivers, only one group out of 14 teams did all three finish within the top 36 receivers. Wow! Only two groups out of the 14 had two top 36 finishes. Now, am I saying Mike Evans is going to finish outside of that? No, but I can see Chris Godwin being the number one on that team. So I don't like the odds there. That's a great point. And again, also a little side note for you guys, Chris Godwin, contract year. Yeah, uh, and, and other teams like that this year are Steelers. They're being drafted. So Steelers, Bucks, Jaguars, Bengals. So that's just kind of a late late note thing did you say jaguars yeah i thought you said jaguars is it jaguars or jaguars jaguars it's jaguars you guys are from the north yeah that's yeah (laughs) Yeah, you guys are being weird right now but yeah just just a little little quick thought of the day i guess but just when you're you know when you're picking out of those three receivers in you know any of these teams just be careful because these stats show that there's usually only one that come out on top and i will say with mike evans there's there's a really good chance that he will not be on my team he's usually not because he usually gets selected by someone else before i'm willing to yeah and that's a good point um by matt too because that makes me start thinking on a earlier note that cliff bought up you know cooper lamb Okay, that's but, a lot of mouths to feed. So what? So it, with that stat, are you saying that only so one of them's going to succeed? Here's the thing: o- only when all three receivers. So Michael Gallup is not being drafted in the top. I 50. got you. Yeah. I got you. So it's only when all three or 
any three you. receiver from the same team. Because I was actually singing about that in my head. Right, I was like, right. eh. but yeah, when that, two receivers are being drafted up, uh, I haven't done the research on that, but I know when it's all three in the top 50, mm-hmm. those things came up. And AB probably won't be mentioned on this um, podcast just because we do, you know, the top dogs, but I definitely think that's a sleeper to uh, look at in the late rounds this year. What, what if, round, yeah, yeah. What, what if it's AB, well, what, you know, what if he's back to AB and, you know he can do it. So. This could be that one team that all three of them finish in the 36. I mean, it's only been, what, three years since that research, two years since that research, so anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point by Cliff, too, because I don't remember where I read it. It was a couple years ago, but Antonio Brown from his peers was also considered, a, I believe, a top-five route runner. So if he can get back to his form, keep his head straight, keep his hands in his pockets, uh, I, I, do, I do see that being a late-round flyer for somebody that can turn out very well. All right, um, last couple things. Uh, who's not in the top 12 that you think can slide in? Um, I'll go ahead and go yeah, and yeah. let you guys think. but um, and It's because I already had him in here, but it's Allen Robinson. I think because of Charlie having Terry McLaurin um, so high up at 7, it dropped Allen Robinson out. Um, but I, I think he's a pure volume player. I definitely see him sneaking in. Oh, I found mine just by scrolling a little bit. Robert Woods would be mine. I think he's going to be super consistent. I've been talking about the Rams a ton the past couple nights. But, yeah, mine, mine would be Robert Woods. I can easily see him, you know, falling in that 10 to 12 range. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still starting to wonder if Matt is my brother because, you know, I also like Allen Robinson this year, I, whether Fields plays or not. I, I know a lot of people aren't as high on Andy Dalton as I am. But again, when you're talking NFL games, winning, not throwing interceptions, do I want Dalton? No, but can Dalton get the ball out? Again, this goes back to where we talk about the receivers sometime only reaching their potential when the quarterback is a lot better than the quarterback they had before. And this is one of those situations. So look what Allen Robinson did with the quarterbacks that he has now. If that being said, though, if I had to pick another player just to have somebody different than Matthew, I would go ahead and say DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore this year. Um, Again, maybe not the best quarterback going there, but again, if you look back at his numbers and who he played with with Teddy Teddy Bridgewater and and who likes to dump it off a lot, DJ Moore, a very good route runner. Uh, The defense is not going to be that good this year again. I I believe not. So for me, it's DJ Moore also. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy who actually was in the top 12 last year, Tyler Lockett. And uh, I, I, I like the team. Um, I love the quarterback. Uh, he, I think he's very underrated, flies under the radar. Yeah, look for him. Look for him this year. And I do love, love where he's being drafted. Uh, I think it's a steal. He, he's going somewhere very late fifth, all the way down to the middle sixth. Great, great spot. Great steal there. Uh, yeah, totally agree with that. That's yeah. I do too. Um, does anybody have closing notes at all? Anything we didn't touch on? Well, guys, we'll be back Wednesday for the wide receiver 12, 13 through 24. Uh, and then Friday, I guess we'll do the quarterbacks. Just go ahead and clarify that. Um, but, again, guys, if you love the content and you're learning something from, you know, us scrubs and you haven't already, hit the subscribe, hit the share, hit the review, do your thing. Like I said, 20, 20 uh, more followers on Die Hard Podcast, and we're picking a random uh 
person for $50, Venmo, Cash App. Come get the cash from me. It doesn't matter. But thank you guys for listening in. Let us know if you want Tank Top Charlie back or if we should kick him the hell out. <laughs> I, I'm just going to end on this note. Um, for all you betters out there and prop betters, uh, the over-under on my next visit, if these guys would have me back, would be how many times I say Daniel, the over-under is five. So you can go ahead and bet on that. Well, if it's going to be that much, you won't be back on. <laughs> see, see you all later. Thanks, uh, for, thanks for listening. Guys.